yo, yo, it's your boy Sneaky from r r Recognition and respect Tune in every Monday from 8 to 9 To catch up with me and my adventures And hear from my guests Ranging from artists to entrepreneurs And much, much more Catch us every Monday of the week On the west side of the after party See you at the party, y'all Yo, 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 how is everybody doing? I always ask that, knowing that you can't respond, and so right after I say, I hope you're doing well, sending you all the positive vibes I got on this hot Monday, this heat wave is, I'm not about it, I mean, like, I, I'm all, oh yeah, no, I can't, I can't do this, it's hot, my brain doesn't work right, so if this interview's a little slow, my bad. Uh, adventures this week, uh, it was the farce of July, aka the 4th of July. I was pretty bummed out. I mean, I still ate and, you know, hung out with uh, my friends and, you know, I guess, quote unquote, celebrated. But the whole time I was just thinking about like the state of our union, you know, immigrant childs and cages and Puerto Rico still not having power, hurricane season right around the corner, the World Cup and all the controversy behind that, displaced peoples and the waste and the money and the tourists and Russia and yeah, it's just there. It's a lot. It's a lot to like try to be happy and proud and like you know celebratory of our country when there's just like so much stuff going on that is just I'm you know I'm so opposed to and I'm so not about so yeah there was that but I ate like a king and then I rode my bike to the park with some friends and we burned fireworks no I'm just kidding I burned weed and we watched fireworks and uh it was cool it, it was it was a nice little day in the middle of the week to have off you know um I kept thinking I had to work because that's just how my my brain works and I'm just like oh yeah it's it's it's, it's a holiday no one's don't no do anything and then I had some clients, you know, non-music clients to pay the bills. And I had some experiences with those clients about contracts and terms. And I made some mistakes communicating stuff and always trying to learn and get better. And so, you know, that's a takeaway for the week that I got to be more clear. when it co- I'm so used to having informal, non-verbal, uh, you know, contracts, uh, conditions and it's just something that carries over from the music world, I guess, that, uh, you know, we have to, I have to just get more professional and just be more to the T. But then I got to do studio stuff, and I told y'all that I was going to start being more creative and start working on new music, and on Friday, I got into the studio. I worked with some local artists, did a little artist development, even though it's not my jam, you know, I was featured on the track. I try to impart some knowledge and try to just pass on some of the stuff that, you know, I know. Um, and I worked on a new live show. So if you're going to come see me in the next couple of weeks, I'll, you know, I'll give you my live shows at the end of the show. And, uh, yeah, stuff that I, I sourced the samples, produced and laid out some of the concepts and had some people help me just fine tune it up. And I'm looking to, I'm, it's going to be fun. I'm going to have fun performing some new stuff. Uh, then I did the beach because it was super hot and I was not, you know, it was just, I was melting. So I went to the beach, took advantage. And then I had the art walk, the art walk, the East Los art walk. And again, the heat was ridiculous, but consistency is key. Even though a lot of vendors didn't show up and there weren't a lot of people, I still, uh, I, we ran into a vendor who was thinking about coming out and she's glad that she ran into us and that there was dedicated people and there was music. And so she's going to be coming out. 
And uh, I ran into someone who was, I guess, going to do music with my band at some point. And she had actually been inside of my house, and I had never met her before because, you know, home studio and stuff. So it was good. It was good to be out there and just a reminder, you know, I booked some DJs. They killed. We got people dancing. And sometimes you just got to show up, even if it's an L. The fact that you actually showed up and did your part and you, you know, followed through with your commitment, that's the W in and of itself. But enough about me. I got my guest here, Mr. Frankie Valentine. Say what's up to yo, the people, yo, Frankie. Yo. How's it going? Glad to be here. Uh, so I did a long-ass intro, so we're just going to jump into it. If someone came up into the street and said, hey, man, what do you do? And I know it's a big open-ended question. Feel free to answer it however you want. But how would you respond to, hey, what do you do? Um, first and foremost, I'm a music producer, um, and meaning all types of music. So I produce rap artists, uh, R&B artists, bands, indie bands, rock bands, um, anything that's music, basically. Um, I'm also an audio engineer, so I record and mix and master. And I am a beat maker for rappers and R&B artists. And also a composer, um, just like a freelance composer. I just write music for different things like video games and whatnot. Okay, so like I, you brought up two interesting distinctions that I think a lot of people that I run into don't really know about. What is the difference between a producer and a beat maker? And why do some people use these terms interchangeably when I don't think you know, like it's, it's, it's kind of a recent thing that started happening with like uh, hip hop taking off more and more, like since the 90s. Um, in general, when people say producer nowadays, people think kind of like the, the person that made the beat, basically. But I do a lot of production for artists where I'm not making the beats. So, music producer typically, and in, in the more traditional sense, it's uh, you're more of an administrator and more of like along with like a therapist and a psychologist and a little bit of everything. But your whole job is to take the song that's going to be made and basically administrate that. So whether it means you making a beat or you finding a beat for this idea or you finding the studio, the engineer that's going to mix it to make this song work, uh, finding the mastering engineer, all that. And then along with getting the artist to perform properly in the studio to convey what's going on with the song. So in like Motown days and whatnot, um, all those producers weren't really playing any instruments, but they were picking the band, picking the bass player, Got because it. this song needs the bass that only this guy can bring, right? Or the drums, this guy here. And we're going to take it to Tommy or whatever to mix it, because he knows how to mix this type of music. And those are what, that's the shots And that the was the producer, called. right. So that's the producer's job. And maybe the producer will play some keys on something or hum something or help with the hook, right? But nowadays, where we can all kind of make our own stuff, um, the producer might also be making the beats, right? And playing the yeah. bass so and playing the... There's, yeah. there's artists that I make beats for, and I sh the, the beat gets sold, and I don't hear it ever again, right? So I'm not producing that. I'm just creating a beat for them, right? Got it, got it. <clears throat> You're not doing all the extra work right, there's someone to, else like, doing that. put all right. the layers. And a lot of times, the, the actual rapper or the artist is the producer. He's picking the sound, the beat. He might pick the sample and have someone make a beat out of that, right? And then he's picking the studio. It might be his own studio or it might be a friend that he knows he can work with. Right, you so, basically just describe A lot of times the rapper is, <laughs> yeah. is the producer right. when it comes to the album, right, nowadays. Um, but then there's times where I talk to an artist, they give me an idea or something they've always wanted to do, and then I create the beat, I compose the beat to follow that. And, and then, then from you that, track I them. Help and them. I, might, I might write a hook. I might um, 
adjust words, anything that I think is going to make it be what they hear in their head, right? Right, and that's, produ- that's production. <laughs> and that's when I'm producing, right. Yeah, so that's the, the distinction really is, um, you know, and it's not a bad thing. People think when someone calls you a beat maker, it's like, you know, like some kind of diss or something. Right. But it's like, it's the same thing as calling someone a guitarist, right? Yeah, that's, in a what band. You, that's what you do. You're the guitarist. That's your thing. You write guitar parts. Yeah, you're the right? beat maker. You um, make the beat. Like, now, the guitarist in the band might also be the producer for the band, right? right? And he's going to tell the drummer, yo, we need a upbeat like this, get on the hi-hat, get on this, do this. And that might be the case, right? But like, he's not going to take it as a diss when you say, hey, this is the guitarist. Right, right, right. right. And that. a beat maker is the same thing. You're playing that drum machine or that laptop. It's an instrument, right? It yeah. just happens to have a lot of instruments in it. <laughs> but you're, you're an instrument, right? Yeah. And, and when you're working with a rapper, that's kind of the band right you're the music and that's the, the artist so you're not always producing it and sometimes you are and that that's a distinction it's a big difference like learning to produce is a is a way longer journey than learning how to make beats no right? yeah and the, the reason why i brought it up is because sometimes you know someone will call themselves a producer right and then send you a beat and then they don't touch it anymore and that's not that's not production that's right. not and yeah, and a lot it's of just a, a lot of it is just the the culture we're in now. So like, right. instead of you putting hip hop is so dominant, putting this song beat made by blah blah blah, people just say produced, produced by, by Murder Beats, produced by whatever, right? Frank yeah. Valentine. Um, but I I do my best work when I'm doing both, honestly. Well, yeah, because it's coherent. You get right. it all it all ties into each other. Right. So you you're, you sound pretty knowledgeable about this. Did you go to school? Is are you self taught? How many years have you been in the quote-unquote music game was there a point where you were just obviously not taking it serious but still around it and like like right. what is that it, it's a long story and a long we don't journey, have to go into the but story I, but give I, me like I'll a cut across it so yeah. it's like i'm 32 now so i started when i was 12 and so that that's... started on a guitar and it was because my dad happened to have a guitar in the house and i used to just kind of mess with it like like literally mess it up like drop it and drag it <laughs> around and not realize what it was right. i guess right. and at that same time i was getting really into music in general like finding my own music my own bands like listening to metallica things like that and one day i just put it together like i realized like they were playing that thing that right? thing that you were, yeah, that you yeah. were using like a toy yeah. exactly so then i picked it up i found the cable i plugged it into a karaoke machine i strummed that like first shitty note and it was like all right, I'm going to be a rock star. That's it. <laughs> Done. Done. Rock star. Like, that was it. And um, I took a couple lessons for like four or five months, and then I just started learning how to write my own stuff. So I was like instantly into writing music. And then that led into bands and, and a whole long story, you know, into punk, the punk scene. And then that led to uh, learning in school, doing, um, like, I played sax, and I was in drum line for a marching band, high school drum corps. Um, was playing bass for jazz band, guitar for jazz band, stuff like that. And the and, engineering? When did that all and start recording and all that That start started and when I was, like, probably 14 or so. I got a little tape, four-track tape recorded. So pretty early in the yeah, process. Yeah, you like, were already Once I learned to how to write music, I was like, how do I record this? And then I had a punk band at the time. And um, I wanted to just get our music out, right? So I ended up, a buddy came across this thing. I'm pretty sure it was stolen. And he gave it to me. Um, and and it was a Tascam four-track recorder. And I recorded two full albums for our band on that, like in my bedroom. like, And just like bouncing tracks and trying to like build it, doing like all the drums and the guitar. And 
then I had a mentor from a band called um, Spine Shank. His name is Tom Decker. He's the drummer. And they were really big. They did like all the Ozfests and stuff like that. Back I've in heard the day. of them. Was there like a documentary yeah. about yeah, them? Yeah, they were on Roadrunner Records, so they were really yeah, big. I've heard of them um, for sure. They were really big, and they were, if anything, going to blow up even more right when they broke up. But he was the Classic one that kind of took me in. Like uh, I was really good friends with him and his brothers, and I would sit there and watch him like. He was the drummer, but he would write all the lyrics, and I didn't really understand that. And he was like, the industry is totally different. Like, singers ain't writing their own lyrics, you know. Bands aren't writing their own songs, like this, that, and the other. And he was the one that schooled me on that. So he would write all the lyrics, write the music with the guitarist, and then they'd have their singer just perform everything. And he taught me the ins and outs and then started showing me how to record because his whole thing was like, his the best wisdom he gave me was like, Instead of putting all your everything into this one band that might happen or might not happen, he's like, you can be like recording and producing bands, and you're like shooting more darts. You know what I mean? Right, right. You're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. And you're also getting your fingers into more projects. And and that was kind of his way of saying, like, bro, you're probably not gonna blow up with this band. Your band probably sucks, but but you have a chance. And you can like go even further. So. I started showing him my shitty tape recordings. He showed me what Pro Tools was. Like I remember he showed me Fruity Loops for the first time. I was like, Fruity Loops 3 or 4. And, cause what they, are they on they now? Had, it's FL. Yeah, 20. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> they, had like, um, they had a lot of industrial drum loops and stuff in the background of their music. Cause Cause it was, it was like, like, like new like metal. Like the 90s shit. Like new metal, like Linkin Park shit. Yeah. So one day that just clicked. And I was like, oh, is this how hip-hop is made? And it kind of... <laughs> Took me down that road. But yeah, so the engineering started real young. I was recording And where are you on from? Tape. I'm from Ballin Park, California. So okay. It's SGV okay. area, and I was born in L.A. Um, so, so there was like a lot of hip-hop around. There, there was, was a lot, lot of hip-hop rappers, and a lot, a lot of punk bands, rock. Lot yeah, of, yeah, there was a ton of punk rock. There's always been a thriving scene here yeah, of music and sure. underground. We were talking about it, like backyard shows Yeah, that was a big that. thing. So when I was like 12, 13, I was... You know, my mom was letting me sneak out of the house late at night and I'd go and play shows out yeah. in East L.A. And, and all over the SGV, all these punk rock shows. And that's just kind of how I learned, you know. So for me, where I'm at now is like all that stuff added up to what I can do now. Right. You know, it was like 10,000 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing live music, playing in like orchestras and symphonies. And recording shit. Recording shitty on tape shit, and not yeah. having anything. And then later having computers and all that. And... um it just all added up. So I started when I was 12. That was the beginning of the journey. It was guitar, then bass, then drums, then, then band, saxophone, then band. You know, then I was in bands. Marching bands, bands doing, yeah, yeah, so I played sax and drum line and all that. And that's where I learned more about, like, just music arrangement and uh, dynamics and how m- music really is supposed to So sound. you have no formal training. Yeah, it's no, all, so you're I never all self-taught. Went to, no, no, yeah, everything's self-taught about or mentored 20s. or, right, or right. people just... Dropping knowledge like, you, like, on like, like, like in the olden days, like, you Basically, know, you were an apprentice yeah, and you, yeah. you learned a craft. Mm-hmm. And now Especially you, in the older days of engineering and producing, there was no schools. There was or, no schools. It was like you live down the street from the studio and they'll send you for coffee and eventually. Yeah, you swept the studio yeah, and then one day they were like, hey, come here. Pr- yeah, you roll up pr- cables for a year right, and right. then later. So um, you, we're going to get more into the, the but I just got to ask this. You, do you live off of music? Is that how you yeah, pay all your yeah. bills? Yeah, so for the past, um, since 2015, I did the, uh, it's a kind of long story we'll get to later. But yeah, I made a move back to L.A. and just decided to just do music full time. 
And so, uh, how do you choose projects? Like, are, like, do you have? Are there people that you don't want to work with? Is there stuff like? Is there stuff where it's just like it's too raw, and you're like, yo, you, you still need a lot of work? Or is those are those the projects you like to jump in because yeah. you can put more touch on it? it like, really, it all depends because there's so many different jobs I'm doing. So sometimes it's just engineering where people just need recording. You just or hit a band the button recording, and I always it's hard for me to not put in my producer hat and at least be like, hey, maybe if we try this or if we tune the snare like this or right. you should probably like move that to the ending which is like good engineer tr- shit, yeah right, right. Yeah. like trying to like st- step on toes so i'm always doing that regardless of of if i'm just doing engineering or producing a band or an artist um but i like to um i guess i try to surround myself with people that are serious about their craft and serious about music and, and just what they're doing and then the projects and stuff come from that like field of energy you know what i'm saying like um, but have you ever had someone come and be like, Yo, yeah, and I work with, I work with like, anyone, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like a money end, thing, right? Like, it's but sometimes like, it's I the money work worth with the anyone time. unless it's like problems, like you know, let's, let's say like drug addict, that type of mm. thing. Like someone's just like, like too much weird vibe. I don't, type, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I go mostly off of vibe. So right. like, if I just feel a bad vibe, like this guy just seems like he's gonna bring some negativeness or trouble or he has issues or something then i might just back off you know what i mean but luckily um i'm surrounded with enough of of those other artists that you know it kind of filters through you know right. uh, usually by the time people get to me they're like ready to really really go hard right you know right right yeah like they've done a couple albums or something or they've done the like this is cool and fun and show my friends thing and now they're like no now i want something that can get played on the radio quality yeah. i need something that I can make a video too that i can invest more money into yeah, that's usually when i run into artists so, so what's your like Obviously, you love this. You do it 24-7. Like, this is your bread and butter. What's your, like, least favorite part of the job? Like, what is the, uh, like, the down and dirty that maybe someone who is thinking about engineering, but, like, they they would need to know that it's, like, it's not always sunshines and rainbows and unicorn farts. I guess uh, the the big thing is, like, having an open mind because... uh, Sometimes you're not going to work on the type of music you like, or people are going to be saying some shit that you don't really agree with. Right. You know what I mean? Things like that. Or just a style that, you know, a lot of people have strong emotions about certain styles of music or whatever, and like something might come in that you're just like, man, I hate this kind of shit, but I got to do it. You know what I mean? And you can't be a dick. You can't be like, you have to be excited about You can't be like, man, I really don't like soft music. Like, (laughs) Just here, hit record, fucking like, do your these thing. These corridos are nah, not working out right, for me, bro. Right, no, you got to be treating it exactly like it's your favorite shit, you know what I mean? Because it's always going to come back to you, you know what I mean? You always got to have your best work and kind of treat everyone the same because eventually it'll come back, you know? But um, that's sometimes not the fun part. Um, and then working with sometimes unprofessional artists where you get these random texts or calls at three in the morning and it's like, yo, I need this like third revision. I need it like right now. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm not even at the studio. You know right. what I mean? Um, things like that where they just don't understand the process, right? Or artists will come in and they kind of don't want you to do a damn thing. They kind of try to run the whole session and they're just like basically just press the button for me and sometimes you gotta like just whatever all right you know not say and, shit just right, play your role yeah. right because in the end that's a client that's someone paying for your services and it depends what they want you to do well, you gotta give them that's what they a, pay for right basically you so there's a lot of ego you have to like completely lose that like there's for me it's like there's just no ego in this business like as soon as you have any ego it, it's gonna get in the way of your money it's gonna get in the way of your clients you're gonna start having people talking shit about you and the thing is 
the wrong people like and that's why i'm still broke people, <laughs> and people are talking shit about me yes yeah, so got too much ego man it's all about shit. you know you got to be yourself and everything and draw your lines and have your boundaries but at the same time you gotta have like just be chill and cool vibes with everyone because someone might not work with you but the next time they talk about you it's up to how you act as to what they're gonna say about you right right so they might say like oh he's cool he has a studio where but he's a dick or he da 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 or he you know screwed over my buddy out of money or some shit right right or they're gonna say i didn't work with him but he has a dope ass student he does work for everyone He's, he does good stuff yeah. right and that's all just on how you talk to them mm -hmm. and how you are with them right like if you're just like oh, i don't really like your shit and i don't want to work with you now you're a dick to them no matter who right. you know and in this business it's really about networking and the people say it and say it again with who you know, right? Yeah. And the thing is, sometimes you don't know that you know these people. Right. Especially or you don't know that world. they know you. You that, don't know that they're even there more with so you that, right people, there, yeah. We're in the social media world where everyone can see everything, but people act online as if no one can see anything. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, that's what, in the intro, I talked about the art walk. I ran to someone. It was, I was DJing. I had my backdrop up, and someone walked by, and she's like, are you sneaky? And I was like, yeah, I'm sneaky. And she's like, I feel like I I'm, I know you somehow, and then yeah, we started right. going through it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, your band," was, and then so like, it was like my bass player had tried to bring her in for right. the for like another project, and he had showed her some of the stuff that we did together. So it's just like that's the kind of stuff you like. And had I, you know, without ever saying anything, been a dick to her or yeah. gave her a bad impression, then she would have carried that with her, like, "Oh, that sneaky right. dude, like he's he's a dick." be calling in the show right now Definitely. and be like you were supposed to take this guy's me an out <laughs> right and uh, i found that a lot of my work comes six seven months after some incident or someone i met or something it's like seven oh, eight that, months later and someone's like someone's like yo Patience. i talked to this guy that said he met you blah 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 and he says you have a studio and i send some samples and i'm like Damn, I'm glad I was nice to that guy. Yeah. I don't even remember who he was, but apparently I was the nicest guy ever because this guy's bigging me up and saying that I do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, sweet. I wasn't angry that day. It wasn't 95 degrees. Like right, right, right. You didn't catch me on a bad one, you know what I mean? And it's a big thing. And also when you're in the sessions with all the artists and their features and their females and their friends and all, you got to act right. There's a lot of, I mean? yeah, a lot of eyes, a lot of, a lot of ears, right, yeah. lot of lot of people to have perceptions of you. So, all right, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. It. I want to get into the the we did the recognition where we figured out who you are. We did a quick overview of your story. You've been doing music for like 20 years. You live off of it. You wear many hats. But now I want to talk about how you do that. That journey, the strategies you do. You got into it a little bit with like the equipment because I was going to bring that up. A lot of times, you know, I throw shows right, right. and I, I I'm constantly meeting people and promoting. And I always have people come to me like, oh, I want to be a rapper or I want to be an artist or, you know, can you take me in the studio? Like, I'm pretty sure you've had right. similar conversations, right? And I, I always try to tell them, like, what have you done? Like, show me something. Like, show me your your closet, Bluetooth mic. You know, like, right. show me that you've, and you kind of said it, like, the four track and the bouncing and, like, just kind of taking advantage of whatever you can get. And I kind of want to know, since you already talked about your first gear, like do you have your own studio space right now have you been like do you you rent studios and like work out of other spaces like how does that set like how might that setup work for an engineer yeah. who's like looking to take it to the next level so it really depends on what you're trying to do or what you're focusing on right so if you have a good room that you can mix in then you might be good in your own spot um 
I have two spots that I use currently. Um, one's Open Eye Studios in Irwindale, and I helped design that spot and um, put it together basically. And I managed like the foam that place. on the walls I, and where the from, basement of the from, booth from and an all empty that. room to putting up the walls to designing the shape and all acoustics, that. So yeah, all the acoustics that, yeah. and the everything, flooring and the, everything. The full on got thing. It, got it, got it. Um, so I used that spot, and yeah, that involves almost like a rent type situation, you know. Um, and then I have a spot in Highland Park where. It's more of my own personal spot that I use with a, a buddy of mine, EQ. He's a really great producer out of L.A., and it's actually his spot, but we've put all our gear together into this one place, and that's where I produce uh, beats and write music, compose. And that's, like that. your, your yeah, that's like exactly. your space. Yeah, exactly, or I'll do my mixes out of there. Um, so I, I record vocals and whatnot there also, but the one in Irwindale is a little more set up fully built right like if you want to bring in like someone you've right. never met before who like looking for some high-end shit yeah you exactly, take them there yeah. if it's more like homie stuff or people that right, like know you patch in a vocal real quick right or, or, something, or they want to come in and vibe out work yeah on music, that's where i'm they, gonna do that yeah exactly um and that's just my situation and i'm blessed to have both situations um and grateful for those people you know what i mean um so how did it start though because i mean like i was one of those people that was blessed that like my older brother was into music right. and so he built out with his friends this he whole studio Something going that kind of nice. like just got abandoned or like got you know you took over yeah, right. all right you know i started hanging out in there and that's kind of where i got my introduction was from my older brother yeah similar to how you know your dad always had a guitar you know we were going to be in a band together or he had a guitar yeah, i was so learning how to play drums yeah there was some kind of like synergy there so right. like so when you first started you with the eight track like or the yeah, four so track after me, the four i started track, just like, like right out of my house right just learning right just it's like you work with what you got and you don't question everything else he is makes it happen right right right, right. learning and, and uh, sometimes that shit comes out better right exactly because like, you're not overthinking shit so yeah. nothing's slowing you down you're just like boom let's do this it's all creative force yeah it's so all energy. i yeah. started like that you know as a kid and just doing that and getting rehearsal studios with bands and stuff and recording out of there and whatnot um always out of my bedroom basically but uh in 2015 i, w I was uh moving from new england back to l.a to do music full time and um, this is where things get into synchronicity and whatnot. and it was like I had something just telling me that I had to finally do it full time and go all out or I was going to kind of regret it later on you know um, so I quit my job I was doing great at a wait pause yeah because I feel like everybody has that conversation with themselves yeah and they end up regretting it like because you know like, I feel like there's always Absolutely. been a moment where someone's like I need to do this or I'm going to be bummed out. And Everybody has that thing that they've always knew they had to do, right? Right. And there's so many reasons that you don't do it and People whatnot. People told them. But there is or, this threshold yeah. where life will be like, look, if you're down, this is your I moment. got you. <laughs> and if you're not, you're going to really hate it later, right? So I, my biggest fear more than anything was like waking up when I was 70 or something and be like, fuck. Right. I could have done music right. and been broke and been so happy. But yeah. instead, I made all this money and I'm still dying and exactly. miserable, right? Like, So I was working doing like CNC manufacturing, robotics and whatnot and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, what most people would quote unquote say a good job, right? Like I was making good money. I was living in New England. I had a house, vehicles, fiance chilling right like what you would say like comfortable but uh, i was like yeah i would say that is the epitome of what people would grow up and want to have and in a quote-unquote american dream and right? i was like, not happy bro like, you were living the american dream but i was not happy like i was like damn i'm working like when you say not happy what does that look like is that like not happy looked like doing like 60 70 hours focusing only on making someone else money and then like 
squeezing in an hour to like play some guitar or like try to make a beat and then like how does, get like, back how into was, work mode how was your day-to-day like would you wake up you know? yeah how would you wake up in the morning like what did like it was cool for a while because i was like convinced like this is what everyone wants you were trying to trick yourself like yeah this is the thing like, this is, this the, is thing. the thing and when i left to live out in new england i was doing music and i was working and stuff but i was always playing shows and all that so out there all of a sudden i kind of just stopped doing that i had some gear and i was like kind of working on stuff but the more i got further into the job and learning that kind of stuff it kind of took over because like you can only like advance in one thing so much right you only so have 100 like, percent, right so i was giving all my hundred into learning like programming robots and all this shit and it was cool and i was getting like raises and moving up and all that but then i just realized like damn i'm not doing this and i'm getting older and i'm not making music and everyone back home in la is like what are you doing bro you got these fire beats and you're like not doing nothing you know so i was just working all the time and that was like eventually started leading to kind of just being depressed not doing it right and it all culminated to this point where i was like i either have to like go all out and fail or like just forget about it completely and stop, and stop hating my life stop, and learn how yeah to love, right like, 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 like kind of yeah. but i knew that the music thing was what i had to do it was just like since i was a kid everyone has that thing it's like it could be anything right but like they have that thing that you know you're supposed to do and when I picked up a guitar when I was 12, like I knew like, damn, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? So at that point, I had to get back to that mentality. And it took a lot of meditating, a lot of like crazy spiritual work, you know, just go, getting through ego, you know what I'm saying? Getting through fear and all that. And I remember walking in and quitting and like my boss being like, it's all good if you want to come back, we got you, this, that, and the other. And I remember when I walked out, it just felt like a surge of electricity like coming through my body, like something telling me like, yo, you just did the, the right beginning. thing. Yeah. The beginning. Like I felt it, like this smile got put on my face that I hadn't had in a minute. And I knew I was going home to being broke. Like that was my last check and I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. The fuck is next, right? And at the time but I was- you felt so much better I already. I felt it, right? And um, so- the week I quit, it was like a week later, and um, a buddy of mine, Oscar, he's a, a rapper that I know, Namek, this is his dad, he hits me up, and he was like, calls me out of nowhere, right? And he's like, Namek gave me your number. I'm like, cool. And he's like, you've been gone for a minute. He's like, I know you used to get down with recording and beats and all that, that, that. And he's like, I was wondering if you were thinking of coming back anytime soon. And I was like, bro, like just thinking in my head, like just wow. like last week I quit my job. This week I decided I'm moving back to LA. Wow. And he's like, I was like, actually, bro, I just quit my job. I was like, what's up? And he was like, well, I'm gonna about to sell off my hot rod. I'm gonna build a studio, a recording studio. I need someone to run it, someone to build it, someone to to run it and, and do all the engineering and everything. I was wondering if you'd be interested. I was like, bro, I already quit. Like, I'm this on my exactly way. This is exactly what I need right now. Yeah. Exactly what I need. So that's how I got that spot right there. And that's Open Eye Studios in Irwindale. And I came down and moved out, bro. I came to LA with $3 in my pocket. And just not knowing, like, all my money went to shipping my gear and shipping everything back to LA. I had to, you know, I quit my job. I had to sell my cars. Uh, ended the engagement I was in because she was all about me making, making money and making yeah. music. Like she was all about like you can, you got to do this shit even Wait, if so we're not together. Sh- oh wow! Yeah, she was a, a big, next big level help, bro. Right yeah, there. so I had everything. That's that Buddhist love, that I, compersion love, right yeah, there. Yeah, we were definitely on some like, like you know, Next elevated spiritual shit, levels. You know? Yeah, and that's lucky that you. Was, Must be nice. It made it a little easier, right? But so all that had to happen. 
And I had to like basically sacrifice all that and all those thoughts of like, but how am I going to have this and how am I going to have money? What about a car? What about a... And I was like, that's some material shit. That has all, nothing that's to do where all the anxiety comes from. It really from, has nothing yeah. to do with doing what you love. Like, right. it, it comes with it, right? But it's, it's not. So I just, I had to sacrifice and skim myself down and, and just every dollar I had went to moving everything back to shipping just boxes of guitars and so you just took a dive you took just took, a you were dive. like this is where it's at super this dive is- the only thing that was pushing me or the only thing that like kept me going was just like synchronicities and little signs and things i would just pay attention to that would um influence me to not be so worried the biggest thing was just not being scared of anything right like i got here with three bucks and then it just so happened like a week later i flipped a beat like in like five days like and then it uh it just kind of took off from there it's like i always had what i needed um as long as i was doing what i was supposed to be doing you know what i'm saying and not worrying about all the other stuff so you know that's how i ended up with those spots um and, and then eq came through and hit me up and um, wanted to collab on stuff and said he had this spot in, in Highland Park. So um, it's just a more free spot so where I can just work at all times. And yeah, whatnot. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more um, vibes. The other one right. seems more like a professional, like this is like exactly. by the so book, and the other one's more it, like yeah. hang out for an hour and see what happens. Yeah, it shit. just all yeah. depends on what people are trying to do. But um, it, it's been a long journey, and that was, um, you know, 2015, so now we're 2018, and it's, it's, so it's been, been three years. It's been wild. Yeah. It's been... A lot of little things culminated to letting me do it. You know, the reason I'm able to do what I love uh, is because a lot of my clients and God bless them for coming to me and and they like the work I do. And I've had different people invest uh, into this journey, if you will. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. There's a record label I got signed to called the RG Recordings. And I met them when I was in Maine out in New England. And uh, they were from out here on, on the West Coast. But... Um, I just so happened to respond to this thing where they were looking like online. It was like on Indeed.com. They were looking for Indeed. <laughs> looking for beats and like second producers. Second time we hear about that on this Bro, show. Like there was this guy just had a post like, "Yo, we're looking for beats, this type of style, a lot of underground styles, and uh, we're hiring a bunch of different producers to do two, three beats each for this like mixtape." So I, I hit them up like. It's like you got to believe in what you're doing, you know what I mean? And just like be the person you see yourself being. So like I thought to myself, like, okay, what would a full-time producer do right now? Probably look for work, right? So I started looking for work. Yeah, that's you got to okay, be doing. So yeah. I found this thing, right? And now what would a full-time producer do? Probably send some shit right now and right not now. tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. So I, I just put myself in that mind state. I grabbed every beat I had, like 20, 25 of them, and sent them. Boom. And I was like, okay, what else would someone be doing right now? Probably should go crack out some more beats <laughs> right <laughs> now. More shit to Because sell. there's yeah. other opportunities. So, like, I sent the email. I turned over, started making beats. About a half hour passes. Boom. Beep. I get an email. I look at my phone. What the fuck? And it says, dude. Guy I just sent those beats to, and he's like, "Yo, we just got rid of all the other producers. We're using all your shit only. Yeah. We want all twenty tracks right now. The money, the money's already on its way." And I was wow. like, "Wow, get the fuck out of here, bro!" And that happened like probably a week before I was gonna get evicted from the spot I was at. So I'm telling you, it just it works out, bro. I actually got that money the day I had to go pay 
the 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 landlord. You're inspiring me, bro. Because you know I was about saying? to go get a job, and I'm thinking I just gotta stick it out. You gotta and like, put you more know, work into what you love. I bro. was late on some yeah. credit cards today, and now dude, just, it's, it's, I owe thousands, bro. Like, I'm feeling you, dude. I'm crying. I right owe thousands, and the the, the landlord was like, "Yo, I got mad love for you because you're a cool dude." So I've been like holding off, but you got till Friday. I'm like, damn. And then like Thursday night, boom, boom. Friday morning, shit's in the bank, like. Like that. Like that, the day of. And I remember the day thinking, like, tomorrow i got to pay this shit. And everything in me was like, the last thing you do right now is be afraid or worry about shit. Right. You're just going to make it worse. Work, yeah. Work or fucking do what makes you happy. So I remember I laid on the couch, bro, and just watched, like, something that I wanted to watch. And was just like, I'm going to only make it worse if I'm, like, trying like freaking like out. Like some eureka mentality type I'm shit, I'm just going to yeah. fucking, I'm just going to, like, keep it positive. And boom, that shit came through. And the next morning, I'm like putting stacks of cash on the landlord's desk. and how much did i have i i got exactly enough how much i needed bro no i had way. like i had like 50 dollars left over just to go like stunt and get some dinner you know and like try to eat good for the night but i was like grateful for every you know what i'm saying dude and i already know people listening are probably like nah i didn't go down that way like he's embellishing or the you story nah but I, <laughs> I feel like shit like that happens Every day, like P, like like the universe, right. like life, the cyst, like you know the networks, the work that you put in, the so the the seeds that you have planted, like they come to right. harvest, like right. right when you need them, you know, and like as long as you have the faith and you you believe what you do and you you doing what you love and it's all coming from a positive place, like that shit happens and absolutely. it happened to you, yeah, it happened, it happens all the time. I just learned when you shed the fear, you shed the ego, and you start just uh, being honest with yourself and truly spending like as every moment as possible throughout the day doing only what makes you happy what you love um everything else just starts aligning and, and it was hard lessons that i had to learn but once i learned them I, I realized like yo this does happen and this does happen to people and this is how it happens and the biggest thing i learned is just not being afraid and also following those quote-unquote coincidences that are building up Air you have five six things that are coincidence to the to a certain thing you're trying to do then you probably should pay attention or you should probably go after it and then don't worry what's going to happen next because it's already like kind of it's in motion put in it's motion, in motion right? yeah so like having that label pay me and do that like that definitely gave me some confidence where i was like yo like i'm taken care of i can do this and like so that gave me that extra motivation to move back to L.A. You know, when I moved back to L.A., I finally got to meet them in person. We started doing stuff. And that led to doing tracks with, like, Hieroglyphics and, like, uh, um, Black Alicious and all kinds of opportunities. And it all started with that moment of being like, I need to send these beats right now because this is what I want to do full time and this is what I should be doing right now. And that led to years of different coincidence is popping up later meeting people where it's like damn if i didn't send press send on that that day like this would not be happening. right you know what i mean um so it's all about just going after it not worrying about it uh, focus all your energy on what you love and what makes you happy it's the, it'll just lead to more happiness basically that's a great message and that's kind of what this whole podcast radio show is about and like honestly I'm glad that we met, and we All should right. probably talk about that. So, how did you meet David and Ernie, and how like so? I met them through Jen from Sick Transit Jen. Okay, uh, damn! Shout out Jen. Jen. I met so Jen she, when I was like 14 years old. So yeah, so I've known her since the same yeah. since we were like children, and um, she used to manage a band that I was in. But when I moved back to LA, we started hanging out again and whatnot. And Mother Rose was a band that she was 
managing and when I met David, we just hit it off. We're both Salvadorian. So we started like, talking about pupusas and shit. And, um, and we got really close. So he's a homie. And um, you, I don't even, honestly, to this day, I don't know how you popped up on my timeline. But I just saw this video and I was like. Paid for ads. I get in, <laughs> I get, I get in two moods. I'm either in a, I don't want to see anything anyone is sharing right now mood. Or I get into a, let me look for some new shit or or dig into what people are doing moods and in that moment i was in my that like let me see what's up with new stuff mood and that came up in my time i was like let me check this out and watch this video and i watched it, i was like damn he's saying some real shit this is dope i can agree with all this and the music's good you know and <laughs> and, and uh i took it a step further i was like you know i'm gonna actually let him know that, that how that affected yeah. me and that I happen to like just be scrolling through, and whatever you did paid off basically, right? Because you don't always get the feedback. You don't. So, like no. I was just in that, that giving little mood. heart is you not enough, man. Yeah, I was just in that giving mood where I was like, I'm uh, beyond just liking this or sharing. I'm gonna let them know. And I think I went and added why. you as a friend right, right. after that, and I was and like, and then right, like a this. week later, I see you doing a thing with David, you know. And uh, and again, coincidences, right? And I'm right. Like, so we're kind of like coworkers, just so if people know what the hell we're talking about. Um, if you've seen shows that I'm doing online with Night Flare Company, that's our boy David, our boy David's company, which is basically like this multimedia studio. He wants to be a 365 like one-stop shop for artists to get all their stuff done. So we all play our part. You right. do like engineering work for him. I help him out with curating and marketing and you know stuff like that. i'm gonna start bringing his bands and stuff onto the radio right. show so we'll be getting more bands in here probably multiple multiple people we'll see how that works out Brittany, hope you're ready for that for multiple people um <laughs> so that's cool oh uh, you touched on namik a little bit we we're talking about synchronicities i yeah. you mentioned his name at the same time that i got a flyer for the next hip hops that i'm hosting and he's on it and so as that's I'm just saying like, Namek, you're reading the I'm name reading Namek his name Namek like, on the flyer and I'm yeah, just like, that's, okay. That's my boy. We go back to when I was making my first beats and I I started a crew with a couple friends. Um we were called Concept Artists and he was one of the guys that joined in and um over the years and, and and me moving away and coming back, he was one of the dudes that kept it going and was like just never stopped he just no matter what was going on who was getting in and out of the game he just kept pushing so when i came back um, his dad's the one that started that studio so like i ended up moving into their house and um, we got even closer and we did a, a joint album called open eye it's available everywhere online it's a uh, namik and frankie valentine open eye um and and he's doing amazing things right now he got signed to cocaine's uh record label cocaine buddy boy entertainment um, and cocaine goes back to like Easy E gotcha, that whole gotcha. time. Like he's an amazing vocalist. Um, he's uh, the most featured artist in the world. He oh, has wow. that like that title. Yeah. Like he has like thousands and thousands of. Features. He's sang on everyone. He's on Absol's records. He's on from Drake's going for that forever, title, bro. dog. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the battle cocaine, the OG, you know. Um, but yeah, he's on that label and he's doing his thing. Um, and we got to, a lot of projects together. I do a lot of his beats and whatnot along with a, a buddy named Garrett Hoy. But we go way back, so like, I, I love watching him climb. You know what I mean? As I'm climbing, and we just kind of yeah, and y'all are at building each other. something together, We're stuff together, yeah, and separately. Dope. And for me, it's just like going back to the memories of us being kids. And I'm like, dude, we're still here, like doing this, right? That's always and, the best when like yeah. 
you're still working. I mean, I, I guess I'm lucky because it's my brother who I've been working on music right. with, and like we're still doing it. So you haven't given up, right? Um, well, I'm gonna actually go meet up with these dudes to throw hip hops after. So I'm gonna so. tell them all about how there's some synchronicity in the air. Um, we're actually gonna go out with the track that you have but until we get to that i'm gonna do my little outro and then we'll we'll, we'll finish up with the song but um thank you for everything i appreciate yeah, your time you, the message was great uh i i had chills a little bit because i feel like it was perfect for exactly what this what this radio show is about what the podcast is about everything that i'm trying to do is like kind of spread that message that That's of what song. you're you're like the living proof of what i'm trying to tell people out there they can get so thank you for that um coming up this weekend we have a full packed weekend i will be at speakeasy the monthly event that i throw every second friday hip-hop spoken word uh ganja smoke uh danny ganja is gonna be there because it's a rich minds takeover so a bunch of rich minds artists and if you don't know who they are check them out this is rich minds super busy super dope collective constantly performing putting out music um yeah, they're actually going to do hip-hops as well with Namek uh, this month. So it's, again, everybody is just, we're on a wave right now, and I'm happy to be part of it. And then on Saturday, I'm going to be in the OC for Melion's birthday party. Um, I don't have all the deets on that. I'm a horrible promoter. What can I say? But uh, <laughs> it's on Facebook. I'll be posting uh, stuff online as soon as I get the flyer. It is going to be in Orange County. Uh, so for all my peeps out there, I'm, I'm, I told you I was going to be out there. And I'm going to be out there again on Sunday for the Black Room LA's summer sessions. Start kicking off in Costa Mesa at Play. Uh, $5 cover. I have no idea what I'm going to play yet, but uh, it's going to be cracking because that's what I do when I get down with ones and twos. I make it crack, homie. So Speakeasy, Melion in the OC, and then Summer Sessions in Costa Mesa also in the OC. Uh, follow Sneaky ENT for all flyers and stuff. Follow Official Sneaky for all my personal antics. Frankie, where can they find you? Frankie Valentine 33 on Instagram. Uh, follow me there. Sweet. And, uh, yeah, come out to the shows and um, podcast app. Please, if you're listening to the podcast app right now, subscribe. Hit the five stars. I never understood why everybody on the podcast said that. Now I get it. I'm getting no shine on my podcast. I need y'all to help me. <laughs> I need some likes. I need some stars. I need some, some subscriptions. Recommend to a friend. Let's make this fucking movement happen. All right, Frankie, let's talk about this song. Cool, yeah, this song's called They Say. It's uh, co-wrote with, uh, with Namek, and um, it's off of our Open Eye EP. And it's honestly about everything we were talking about today, and like, I think the listeners uh, of this podcast would appreciate it. It's all about kind of just diverting all that negative energy people might give you and just continuing to push at your goals, and eventually you're not even going to hear any of that. You know, you're not going to hear all that shit that they're talking kind of thing. Um, just keep pushing it, and, and don't give up. If you really believe you're meant to do something, then you really need to go and do it because the world's waiting on you, you know? Yeah, you heard. And uh, just one more thing, FrankieValentine33 is your Instagram. Yeah. Is that where you, f you find beats and all that, too, if people yeah, want to work with you? Yeah, that's the best place to follow me. I'm trying to... to change all my content and keep things a little more cohesive but um that's the best place to follow me dm me and hit me up i'm also on facebook frankie valentine productions um but those are the two best places to get a hold of me all right man well thank you for coming out again we're here thank every you. monday recognition and respect with your boy sneaky we good Brittany? take us out
They said I couldn't do it and never to pursue it. But I paid no attention cause I already knew it. I call it fate. This was meant to happen previously planned out. I speak through rap and others speaking through their hand style. So what's your craft now? And have you mastered it? If you the class clown, you best be passionate and make the people laugh. Where's all my people's at? Who light fires in the rain without a single match? Let's keep the flame lit and always burning strong. Assalamualaikum, my brother, my word is palm. Whatever country you in, whatever language you speak. Just remember to expand and keep creatively thinking There's different ways of achieving whatever you set out to Just turn the page and keep reading what this book says about you No one should ever doubt you, so never let them try It's best to show them how to go live a better life Here's the fact of the matter My mental stamina stacked with plenty accurate data But still plenty that I need to learn A hefty sack of weed to burn Could either lift me up or really set me back and leave me burned yeah, out yeah. So maybe I should cut back, say fuck that And maybe you should do the same thing, let's bust that A fun fact of life is that we all have a choice And I'm the one that will write and then recite with my voice Now let's get right to the point Hey yo, they said that we would never make it My insecurities, I left them in the devil's basement I'm off to better places, evolving as I grow Just feel the elevation, lift off at every show Hip-hop scenarios are constant in this life I live Raise up my stereo beside my future wife and kids So they can listen to the sounds of the daddy It's for your destiny on earth, baby, that's never a plan B Let them do the talking and you do the walking. Many different rumors and nonsense are spread often, causing conflicts that eventually end up leading to more negativity. And for some, self-hatred. You know what's on you to take everything in and get out what you want to get out of each situation, man. They're going to keep talking. What you going to do about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.